0: go woke or go broke this is a pithy saying some of us have heard and been using for a while but sadly it holds truth today we have to highlight two flagship organizations in the christian community that have recently moved away from ostensibly the gospel and the tenet of being in the world and not of it to something more like well following jesus is hard so let's do what the world is doing instead Of course, I just made up that last statement, but that's what it seems like to me. And the reason we have to talk about this is you have to know what is going on in the world so that you can know how to deal with it. And to know how to deal with it, you have to know what is in the Bible. What does God have to say about it? Today, we're looking at the Salvation Army, and we're looking at focus on the family, and it really saddens me to say we have to talk about these two organizations but we do because they're making decisions that are just not in line with the bible and not in line with the gospel and they're going to reap the consequences of it so welcome to church public let's get started Well, welcome back to Church Public. I really thank you for joining in today. Uh, I don't celebrate very often uh, in terms of this, but we did just pass 15,000 total downloads, and so I really appreciate you and all that you help and support listening. If you want to share this, if you want to review it, give me a five-star review on the platform you're on. Of course, you can check out churchpublic.com for all of the other things that we're doing and any of the social medias at churchpublic there. I sincerely appreciate the support you've given over this last uh, multiple months and a couple years now, and it really makes a difference. Because, I mean, ultimately, this isn't about me. I, I, I don't, in fact, want to be in any way famous for anything. I just want people to understand how to follow Jesus and how to engage in the public square. That's my calling. That's what I want to help you do. So, if this helps you in any way. Um, do you please share and like and subscribe and do all those things. Because as Christians, we have a calling. Our calling is to follow after Jesus, to love one another, and to make disciples, to share this gospel. And when organizations who ostensibly are in charge of being part of the gospel or sharing the gospel, when they go off the rails a little bit, we have to talk about these things. We have to talk about these things, not to not to rub it in their faces, and that's why this pains me. I don't even want to talk about this. I don't like talking about this, but we have to because we have to understand what it looks like when organizations that are supposed to be following the Bible, following the gospel, sharing the love of Jesus, don't do it in the right way. And again, that's not in terms of the the strategic approach they're taking. It's in terms of the internal, what do you believe? Because what you believe matters, because what you believe then implements what you act on. And we have to talk about actions. How are you going to do your actions? So the Salvation Army took a huge hit this Christmas. You may or may not have heard about that. They took a huge hit in donations and volunteers, but it's because they chose to follow the anti-Christian critical race theory crowd down this rabbit hole and they have paid the price for it. This is where I started, go woke, go broke. And then secondly, we're gonna talk about focus on the family. It's a different strain, but they've decided to enforce the Biden administration's unconstitutional and unconscionable medical mandate on all of its employees, potentially affecting the livelihood of dozens of their own families, ironically, and not to mention capitulating to what is clearly an overreaching government demand. We'll look at both of these today. And you're probably, again, asking, what does this matter? I'm just a regular church person. I'm just a regular Jesus follower. I I don't contribute to either organization, or maybe you do, or maybe you don't. Maybe you don't care. What harm does any of this do? This is the slippery slope. Once a quote-unquote ministry goes down this path, it becomes, one, easier for others to join, and two, it creates positive peer pressure for ministries to follow. And what is the end result? We have to keep the foundation plain. Do you believe that Jesus is the center of the gospel? Your foundation is Jesus Christ. If this is so, then you have to strengthen your own conscience. In other words, what do you believe? And let your, as Jiminy Cricket would say, let your conscience be your guide. But if we're going more biblical, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you and know what you are allowed to do and what you are not allowed to do. And if you have questions about that, you don't have to have questions about that. Read through your Bible. The answers are there. Um, in terms of how you follow Jesus, you can go back and look at some of the moral mandates that God has given throughout time. Again, there are ceremonial things. I'm not going to get into that today, the difference between moral and ceremonial rules. Again, you can eat the bacon, you can eat the shrimp. Fine. That Those are ceremonial things. But the moral things, like the Ten Commandments, those have not changed. And Jesus himself reinforces those. We've talked about those on other episodes. I'll continue to reference those as we go through. That's number one. Strengthen your own conscience. What do you believe? You must know what you believe. Because if you know what you believe, when you see things that are not true, not biblical, etc., then you can understand them if you don't know what you believe, if you don't know what the Bible says, if you've not cracked it in a year and or ever, and you don't read through it every day to figure out, I don't know, you're sitting there saying, I don't have time to read my Bible every day. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I just don't, I don't buy that excuse. You have time for what you make time for. I think the salvation of your soul, the sanctification of your life after you follow Jesus the mandate from Jesus to go and make disciples of all nations that's not it's not an optional thing like to share your faith to love people. if you don't know how to do that and you're still working on following after Jesus, the answers are plain and clear when you read through your Bible so i just i don't I don't buy the well i don't have time to read my bible today you you do you you make time for it. get up ten minutes earlier, read for ten minutes I'm not saying. Read it for six hours. Maybe you have six hours to read your Bible. Fantastic. Do that. Maybe you have ten minutes. Get up ten minutes early. Stay up ten minutes late. Like, just find a way. Find a way. You figure it out. Strengthen your own conscience. What do you believe? That's super important. Number two, you have to pay attention to where people, where these organizations do not follow biblical truth. Where do they go off the rails? Because if we're supporting organizations, if we're if we're contributing to organizations. What is what is the point of the organization? What are they doing? Are they following God's mandates? Are they, uh, you, you know, and that, that stands for parachurch and church ministries alike. Is it a biblical worldview and what God wants you to believe? Or are they following the world? Is it what the world wants you to believe? Those are the important things. And it's, I think the problem, one of the problems that we run into right now is, more and more, it's harder to sift through what is true and what is not. There are a lot of charismatic people out there saying charismatic things that you listen to and go, oh, that sounds amazing. Yes, let's do that. The problem is charisma, um, emotion, excitement aren't necessarily true. And in a lot of senses and in a lot of cases, they aren't true. So how do you know? Again, back to number one. (laughs) <laughs> you need to figure out your own conscience you need to know what you believe how do you find out what you believe check with god he's he said he said all the things you need to do you don't even have to listen to me i don't care if you listen to me or not it's not about me it's about god it's about following jesus and how do you do that simple the answers are there um and and the the reason we're in this weird space right now for most of church history it took extraordinary energy to influence all the people, to influence the masses. Now we're in this weird different time where anyone can type out or record a message, a sentence, right now and post it for the world to see immediately. This is a very powerful thing. I'm even using this technology right now. However, it can easily lead to unbiblical ideas. So how do you know what is true? I feel like I'm harping on this and and I'm not yelling at you. You know, I I want you to succeed. I hope you hear that in my heart. My goal is for you to succeed. And to succeed, success for me means you're following after Jesus and living the best that you can. Yeah, we're all going to make mistakes. I get it. I know it. I do it. I make so many mistakes. Believe me. But we have to follow after God the best that we can. And to know how to do that, if you have questions, what do I do? How do I do that? Start reading. And so Paul spoke to this. He said, Acts 20, 29, I know after I leave, savage wolves will come in around you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw disciples away from them. Paul also said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 4:3, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them, a number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll turn away from truth and turn aside to myths. I'm working on a whole a whole series about mythology and the way that the the left and the progressives have really created a mythology and it is very powerful mythology. Mythology, you probably can't see, and especially if you're not watching, but there's, there's several mythology books on my shelf behind me because mythology for most, if not all, of human existence has been one of the most powerful things pushing people forward. And the left has created a very powerful mythology. But that doesn't mean it's true. C.S. Lewis famously, in his conversion moment, which was over the course of a, a night or two, in talking with Gerald Tolkien and another guy came to the realization that the mythology of the gospel is a powerful thing and it's true which makes it even more powerful that's there's a long conversation there but but the point is mythology is very powerful the left and the progressives really know how to use it and it's turning people to this thing that's just not the gospel. I'll stop there for now and we'll just move on to Jesus himself who talked about this, Matthew seven fifteen. He says, clearly, straight out, watch out for, lost, for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing and really they're wolves. Again, this idea of wolves, wolves in sheep's clothing. You all know this. Um, even Red Riding Hood is based around this, right? By their fruit, you will recognize them. By their fruit. Do they pick grapes from thorn bushes, figs from thistles? Every good tree bears good fruit. Bad tree bears bad fruit. Um, I'll, I'll end the quote there. You can go and look at it, but this is one of those things. This is one of those things that we have to look at. What is the fruit? Are you saying what you believe and doing it, or are you saying one thing and doing another? That's hypocrisy, and we've talked about that a little bit in the past. We'll talk a little bit about it today. First, let's look at the Salvation Army. Leaders of the Salvation Army want whites to apologize for being racist. Salvation Army is 150-some years old, and they recently created a curriculum entitled Let's Talk About Racism. They shared it with their members. They shared it with um, diversity, equity, inclusion trainings that cite and draw from Robin DiAngelo, Ibram X. Kendi's work. I've talked about them before. Those are modern proselytizers of critical race theory. Um, and I've talked a lot about critical race theory, you can go back to churchpublic.com and listen to a long episode on, on critical race theory where I go into the ins and outs of it. It is, it is a very complicated thing, and yet at the same time, it's very simple with the idea that racism is prevalent everywhere and you uh, you cannot escape it. This curriculum the Salvation Army promoted goes on and said, quote, the desire is that salvationists, that's what they call themselves, achieve the following to lament, repent, and apologize for biases or racist ideologies held and actions committed. End quote. This resource claims Christianity is inherently racist. Did you hear that? Christianity is inherently racist, and white Christians are inherently racist. And so, there it asks to quote, offer a sincere apology for Blacks, for being antagonistic to Black people or the culture, for the values, interests of the Black community, end quote. In the accompanying study guide on racism, which you can go to their website and get, the Salvation Army says whites are racist, quote, the subtle nature of racism is such that people who are not consciously racist easily function with the privileges, empowerment and benefits of the dominant ethnicity, thus unintentionally perpetuating injustice, end quote. Again, this is language directly out of critical race theory from D'Angelo and Kendi, Crenshaw. I've gone through all of this before. You can go and listen to it. It's kind of mentally exhausting, the gymnastics that it perpetrates. The bottom line is, every white person is racist. If you acknowledge your racism... You can move to being a little bit less racist or anti-racist. If you don't acknowledge it, that just means you are racist and you don't acknowledge it. There is no forgiveness in that you can't ever fully get out of it in this worldview. You can only be a little bit less racist if you are a white person. This is just critical race theory. Again, in a nutshell, it's very complicated and yet at the same time very simple. The Salvation Army's document goes on to say, quote, We must stop denying existence of individual and systemic institutional racism. They exist and are still at work to keep white Americans in power, end quote. Again, I don't know how you can read this, hear this, and and think that it's not talking about the tenets of critical race theory. The Salvation Army has responded multiple times, videos and, and statements that you can go read on their website, They've claimed the allegations are flat false. They've removed the first resource. However, the study guide on racism, as of this recording, is still available and you can go and read that and read some of these quotes for yourself if you're so inclined. The main pushback from the organization is, while the study guide exists, while the survey exists, participation from those employed is completely voluntary. For more voluntary, quote unquote, requirements, we're going to talk about that later in the medical mandates section of this. And the mandate is totally voluntary. You just can't work or go to school or eat in certain cities in America and do other things without it. So, yeah, voluntary. But according to the organization, uh, sorry, according to a, a separate organization who was interested in this, trying to figure out what's going on, this organization called Color Us United... The survey was actually not voluntary. It was sent by the, this is the title, by the Territorial Diversity and Inclusion Secretary to every Salvation Army officer in the U.S. Central Territory. First of all, as a side note, if you have a Diversity diversity Inclusion Secretary, you're already in the CRT club. So just admit it and get on with ruining your organization. That's my editorial, but... It seems to hold true, as we've seen many organizations over the course of the past several years. The survey, uh, according to this organization, and they have screen clips, asks Salvationists if they agree with the following definition of racism. Quote, institutional racism refers to organizational or system processes, behaviors, policies, or procedures which produce negative outcomes for non-whites relative to those for whites. End quote. The remaining questions in the survey are dependent on agreeing with this definition of racism. If you don't agree with this definition, there, according to the survey that was presented, there's no extra field to fill out, to express other ideas. It, it was literally like a, a, not a Scantron, I'm dating myself now, but you know, it's just a survey. You click the bubble, that's, that's multiple choice. That's all you get. That's all you can do. There's no way to give any disagreement apart from plainly saying that racism doesn't exist, which of course is also false, we know racism exists. We know there are racist people. I've personally experienced through my friends, I've, I've, I've been made aware of many racist encounters. There are racists out there. Of course there are. The question is, is the system racist? all the systems, are they all racist because they were created and they exist to promote white supremacy? All the systems, is that true? Are all white people all racist all the time with no way to get out of that? Those two statements cannot possibly be true. They they can't possibly be true. Otherwise, then no system in existence can possibly be perfect, which evidently is true. And then under this religious worldview, no white person can ever reach salvation, which of course is anti-gospel. You cannot judge someone on their skin color, period. That is, in fact, racism. And I'm not just responding to that because of my skin color. I, I, I just don't care. I want to talk to a person. I want to have a relationship with a person based on who they are, and especially who they are in relationship to Jesus. That should be the most important thing. I mean, if you believe that racism only exists in America and has only existed in America, or when Paul says neither slave or Greek or Jew or, or all these... If he doesn't understand the concept of people being judged by the way they look, why would he write things like that? Of course, this has existed in the past. Of course, it's going to exist because people are broken and they're going to do things that are bad. And racism is a thing that's bad. And Romans says that we're all sinful and we are all going to do bad things. What things? I don't know because that's only your purview and God's purview. And that's why we need Jesus so, so badly. The final question in this survey to get back to it, is, it says, quote, what is the best way to address racism in the Salvation Army, end quote. The answer options are individual reconciliation, group reconciliation, addressing structures and practices that cause racism, all of the above or other. Note, those are the only options. It assumes that apparently the Salvation Army is a racist institution, apparently according to the survey, and there's no way around it. And if you object, again, back to Ibram X. Kennedy's definition and D'Angelo to some degree as well, if you deny that it exists, then you just are racist. You just don't know that you are. This is, again, definitional critical race theory. The survey, uh, according to the email, was intended to go to all of the officers within the division, employees, and soldiers for the Central Territory. Assuming racism is present everywhere is a core tenet of critical race theory. Again, I've discussed that on previous episodes. You can go back and check those out. Critical race theorists teach racism is present in all aspects of American life. Racism is systemic, ingrained in every system and institution that operates in society. The primary evidence of this is that there are disparate, there are different outcomes. ...in certain racial groups. That must mean that racist systems and practices create disparate outcomes. It gives no indication of where you come from, how hard you work, what kind of family you had, how you deal with money... Cry. It it deals with nothing else except for your skin color. Skin color can be the only thing to whether you succeed or fail in this system. That is, again, I'm summarizing CRT. It's more complicated than that, but essentially that's what it says. So if you believe that, again, I've used this example before. Tiger Woods, incredible golfer. Me, terrible golfer. So... The fact that he is an amazing golfer and has made millions on golf, does that mean that there's something wrong with the system of golf or the institution of golf or or you know a terrible saying like something different in our skin colors? No, of course. He is an incredibly skilled golfer. I will never be an incredibly skilled golfer. That that's it. Period. I like we all have different skills, we have different abilities, we come from different places, we do different things. I could do those analogies all day, every day. And Everyone who takes a moment to understand this from common sense can get to that conclusion. Now, are there external factors that hinder your growth and your outcome? Sure, sure, yes. But is every reason for every outcome racism? That just can't be. It 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 cannot possibly be so. And again, look at the NFL. Look at the NBA. If Racism were the answer to every question, then you wouldn't have people succeeding in those particular industries because this system would not allow for that it just it it the whole system falls apart beyond that spiritually. we've talked about this over and over again. This is not the way Jesus intended us to like live in reality. we're supposed to live as if. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Paul talks about this. Jesus talks about this. Peter talks about this. Again, but we look at the Salvation Army, and they they have gone along with this. They have a diversity, equity, inclusion officer, and they've issued many statements that have intended to clarify, but they've all just confirmed the stance as far as I can read. This may be, maybe a problem with the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing, like someone in the higher ups didn't understand what some of the other people in the organization did. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. If you run an organization, you need to run the organization. You're responsible for running the organization. The national commander, which apparently is the way this organization runs, the head of the organization in some sense, when asked to remove the position focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion, states in writing on their own website, again, you can go look at that now as of this broadcast, quote, that's not going to happen, end quote again, this is the problem. If you have a person on your staff who is looking for racism in every nook and cranny, you're going to find it. It's confirmation bias. It's, it's just a simple psychological term. If you look for something hard enough, you're going to find it. Does that mean it's real? Does it mean it's true? Not necessarily. If I only counted the times that people were rude to me every single day, I would have a lot of people being rude to me. That's confirmation bias. However, if I look at it and think, what else is going on in their lives? Why are people being rude? Or if I don't, if I just discount the people that are being rude to me and I look, hey, are people being nice to me? I may also find that, hey, a lot of people are being nice to me every day too. I just wasn't paying attention to that because I was only looking for the thing that I was looking for, confirmation bias. Look it up. This is a thing. We humans fall prey to this all the time. And apparently... This Salvation Army cannot see that they've gone along with the culture so far, and unfortunately it may be too late for them. Again, this makes me sad because it's a great organization, and here comes the Go Woke, Go Broke part in response. Quote, uh, The Salvation Army is now facing serious backlash in donations. According to Fox 13 Seattle, the situation is dire. We actually uh, we are trying to provide food, shelter, toys, and clothing to double the number of families we served last Christmas But they're seeing fewer and fewer people donating at virtual and physical kettles. Again, you've seen the bell ringing and that whole thing, right? You all know that. This is really sad to me. It really makes me sad. It makes me sad that a great organization that has tried to embody the spirit of God and and love people and show that love for years and years and years has lost their way. And, and you, you can ask yourself, again, number one, how, how where is your conscience in this? How do you support an organization that is going against the gospel? It, I, I don't think you can. I think you have to realize that. And unfortunately, for this company that went against the gospel into this land of critical race theory is now paying the price for that and their donations are way down i tried to find the numbers the numbers are not out yet that's probably intentional (laughs) they're probably not reporting the numbers because they're so bad i don't know if i find them i will report them but uh they definitely are down quite a bit from previous years because if you want to follow jesus you have to do it And if you want to follow the world, those that see clearly the way of the gospel are not going to go down that road. We we can't go down that road. Uh, Again, to be clear, none of this is to say there's no such thing as racism. Of course there is. Friends of mine, family members of mine have experienced it firsthand. I get that. And it's terrible and should be called out in every single situation, every single time with vehemence. However, The question is, are all white people racist or are all Christians racist, as some of these documents promulgate? That can't be the case. Critical race theory teaches that white people are inherently guilty and incapable of being forgiven. That is simply anti Christ. We are all sinners. Read Romans. We are all in need of a Savior. Read Romans. Jesus is the only way. Read basically any part of the New Testament, including Romans. Paul's letters, Jesus on words. Jesus is the only way. And we only find forgiveness through Jesus, not through this corporate melanin-based confession. That That's just heresy. It's secular humanism packaged up in Marxist ideology, and we have to denounce it wherever we find it. Yes, we should deal with sin. Yes, we should deal with issues, but we also can't condemn everyone based on what they look like or those types of things. I've probably said enough about this. You maybe get the point, but hopefully you understand that this is a very dangerous ideology in terms of going against, literally going against, the very gospel that we're trying to follow. I hope the Salvation Army fires people that are responsible for this. I hope they repent. I hope they go back to doing good work for the gospel. There is still hope for everyone, but so far, they're not willing to take the narrow road. Briefly, as we, as we come to conclusion, I do want to, to, to go on one more story because I said that I would, and that we turn to focus on the family. Last week, focus on the family mandated their workers all get vaxxed or potentially face firing. Um, as you've heard, the Biden administration has put out a mandate to vaccinate employees of businesses within with 100 or more employees. This is currently being argued at the Supreme Court, like even, even now. Friday was a big day for this argument. It continues on. We don't have the result of that yet. But and we'll wait to hear what the outcome is. However, in the meantime, many, myself included, have argued this mandate is both unconstitutional and unconscionable. It is unconstitutional because the federal government by the constitution does not have police power. They don't have the power to enforce local business laws. They just don't. Now, there may be some question whether states have that power, but that's a separate question because that's not what's happening now. For certain, the federal government does not have this power. More so, the agency of OSHA, which is not scheduled, it's not set up to enforce this type of mandate, definitely does not have legal power to enforce this based on their own statutes, which you can go read. According to Ilya Shapiro, director of Cato's Robert A. Levy Center for Constitutional Studies. Sorry, that was a mouthful, but I wanted to find somebody smarter than me on this. Quote, federal lawmaking powers are constitutionally enumerated, thus limited to those listed in Article 1, Section 8. While states enjoy a broader police power to regulate on behalf of public health, safety, welfare, and morals, to hold that a state vaccine mandate can be constitutional, as Supreme Court did in Jacobson versus Massachusetts. I'm not going to get into that right now. I'll continue on with this quote. The question whether a federal agency has statutory authority to impose one, it does not. And to hold that federal regulation of workplace conditions is constitutional doesn't begin to answer the question of whether and how can OSHA address viral threats that are not specific to the workplace end quote. In other words, OSHA is not the the the, the regulating body that can mandate or should mandate this. And we're going to see what the Supreme Court says. But regardless, that's just the constitutional side. On this podcast, what we look at is what is the biblical side? And we started with the idea of conscience. What does your conscience tell you? And the conscience comes from biblical theology, What, who is God and how do you follow him, and practical application. How do we apply what God says to us through his words? And our conscience helps us understand that through the power of the Spirit. And we can understand that more fully by looking at what the Bible says about it. Again, I've done a couple episodes on this, so I'm not going to go into all of the pieces here. But you have the freedom to make choices that affect you. There is not a person on this earth... ...that has the authority to tell you what to do with your own body. There there just isn't. Now, should you do things based on certain circumstances? Sure. And that is where your conscience comes into play. How do you love your neighbor? Do you do it in the way that helps them? Do you do it in a way that hurts them? And how do you know the difference? And that's where we study, we read, we find out. So you make whatever decision you want, but should or can the federal government tell you what to do with your body? And the answer really is no, in a regular justice situation. Now, if you make a mistake, if you do something unjust, there may be a penalty. And in that case, the government is set up and empowered, in fact, by God to delve out that justice. But that's not the situation we're talking about here. We're talking about a situation where do you voluntarily or mandatorily commit to what the government says just because of the government and they say they do? No. Again, we get into a place where you have to use your conscience, like Jiminy Cricket said, but more Jesus said, you have to let your conscience be your God. You have to follow the mandate of authority from God. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's, render to God what is God, as Jesus said to us. Meaning, yes, the government is in charge of certain things, but God is in charge of all things. Therefore, you have to follow God as the final authority in all of these matters. So, your conscience has to do this. And again, this is a business. So, the business can do whatever they want. Yes, that's true. And the business can say, well, this is voluntary, you don't have to do it. Yes, that's true. However, if the business says you have to get this or you cannot work, and then the government says, for instance, in New York, you have to get this or you cannot eat, Uh, I I ran across several videos of people being arrested in places like Burger King, literally being tackled in Burger King in New York because they didn't have the right papers to eat hamburger or feed their family. That's just wrong. That's not how government is supposed to operate. While at the same time, this is where we get to the hypocrisy, at the same time, in New York, they're letting convicted felons and and people with misdemeanors go without sentencing or without trial in many instances because they're not subject to whatever punishment deemed necessary because of exigent circumstances. And many of them are violent and many of them have terrible offenses like assault and things like that. And they're just letting these people go because that doesn't fit into apparently the narrative. Again, this is why these things are important. So, unconstitutional, unconscionable, we have to understand where this comes from. And you have to find your way on this. I can't tell you what to do, just like the government can't tell you what to do. I encourage you to read Romans 13, read um, through all of Romans, and follow after God the best that you can. So, back to focus on the family. They apparently have caved and are mandating their employees to vax or face the consequences. And this is irony and tragedy to me in that it will put many families who work there at much greater risk of health and financial problems than the 99 something percent survival especially of this latest variant. President Jim Daly, had this to say in a statement. Focus in response to recent media reports that Focus on the Family is mandating vaccines for employees. He continues. Focus on the Family believes each person should have the right to determine if they should be vaccinated. We do not believe in a vaccine mandate and any reports suggest otherwise are misleading. So far, so good. Sounds great. You're going to say everybody make their own choices. I'll continue on with the quote and we'll see what he says. However, when it comes to current vaccine or testing requirements, we strongly believe our donors' financial support should be directly invested in ministry to families, not given to OSHA through exorbitant fines. Therefore, at this time, we are complying with the requirement. With earnest hope, the Supreme Court will rule against it in the coming days. We will continue to follow developments, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> the president here is saying, uh, the, Jim Daly, the president, focus on family, is saying, you can make whatever choice you want. We're not going to force you to do it, but we are going to force you to do it. This this kind of doublespeak is what we have come to expect from the mainstream media, not beloved Christian organizations. What is going on? Why are so many people falling for this shenanigans? And where is the courage? Where is the courage? It's so easy for pastors and for Christians to stand up and say, I would never deny Jesus. I would never, you know, sell my soul. I would never do something against God. And then when it comes to these side issues or these main issues... People are like, well, I mean, I'm not going to stand for that. Where is the leap going from this to when they come to your house and say, deny Jesus or you can't go to that restaurant? Are all of these people going to fold and say that too Like. The, this is That may sound like hyperbole, but it's not because that's the direction they're going. They're going to take a little, take a little, take a little, take a little, and you look up and say, how did I get here? We're here. We're here. What are you going to do? I am just in awe at the level of cowardice necessary for statements like this. This is the epitome of do what I say, not what I do. And in parenting podcasts, as we've talked about before, this is a terrible strategy. You have to do what you say you're going to do. Period. That's James. That's Paul. Show me faith. Show me. Show me works. Uh, Show me faith without works. Your faith is dead. Uh, You have to do what you say you're going to do. Uh, Let. I I mean, oh my gosh, I'm just. I'm, I'm starting to lose my mind here because, in almost the same sentence, this person, this leader of this Christian ostensibly organization, says, "We do not believe in mandates, but we're going to do them anyway." Like, what? Do you believe them? Do you not believe them? If you believe them, stand up for it, have courage, suffer the consequences, or don't manufacture outrage like he does at the beginning don't manufacture outrage for something you're going to cave in and do it anyway. Own it and suffer the consequences from your donors, which apparently you are, or have the courage to stand up to tyrannical mandate from the government and be rewarded by those that live by their conscience of the Holy Spirit and Christ." Trying to play both sides is not going to work here. We saw this in the example of the Salvation Army. The outcome for focus on the family is not yet known. It hasn't yet happened yet. But if the comments section of these posts are any indication, it is not going to go well for them. People, donors, are not happy with this kind of behavior because it's anti-Christ. It's anti-gospel. Stand up for what you believe. All of these, these places, these ministries, these churches... It's time to put your money where your mouth is. If you say you believe in Jesus, if you say you're not going to back down, if you say, you know, take heart, Jesus has overcome the world, and, and I'm more than a conqueror, these these pithy sayings you put on your coffee mugs and, and bumper stickers and all these things, if you really believe that, live like it. Now's the time. I, that That's even like, I know it may sound like condemnation. I'm not trying to be condemning. I'm actually trying to be encouraging. For those regular Christians out there, what are you going to do? These More and more, this type of thing is going to happen, whether it is in the business that you're in, whether it's in the school that you're in, whether it is in the market, whether it is with your friends or your family. Speaking from personal experience, if you stand up for the things that you believe, there are going to be people in your life that hate you for it. So what are you going to do? Are you going to just let people like you and then do everything they want you to do? Or are you going to stand for something that has value? Especially as I point to my Bible, I would suggest you stand for something beyond yourself and beyond your own ideals and stand for Christ. And as you do that, just as people stood up against Jesus and stood up against the disciples, the apostles, stood up against believers throughout the last 2,000 years, you will have people stand up against you. Now is the time to take these small steps and be courageous in the small things. So when the big thing comes, and I believe we're moving towards that situation, you'll be ready and you'll be able to say, well, I can stand against Goliath because I fought the lion, because I fought the bear, because I know that my God is bigger than any situation that I will be up against. Practice now because when you get to that moment that really makes a difference, I would suggest that you're ready with the courage and fortitude of conscience that you have because you know, you know, you know who Jesus is and that he is with you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you made it this far, congratulations. And I really appreciate the support. I hope that you continue to seek after him with all of your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength so that you can understand what's going on in this world and sift the good things from the not as good things. God bless you. And as always, keep the faith.